The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ or TV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, <clears throat> the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative Word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to call into the show, please stick to the topic. You can do that, 803-619-9855, 803-619-9855. And uh, if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. Uh, yesterday, Bradley was on the radio, but uh, had some issues there with uh, sound. So we've got uh, part five of My War is Up. You can watch that. Uh, by the way, you can also scroll down just a little further on sonsoflibertymedia.com on the right side of the page to Equipping the Saints, and you can watch the entire series, the My War DVD series, there for free uh, on sonsoflibertyradio.com. And then... <clears throat> on the right side of the page of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Uh, click on that. Join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys. And uh, while you're there, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, we would appreciate that very much. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. And we thank Michael Roach and his team for giving us a, a spot on their platform. Uh, back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live. And, and on the top right side of the page there uh, is a place where you can sign up for our email newsletter. So do that. Uh, you'll get our email with all the articles we have for the day, including the Morning Show Archive. You can scroll down just a little bit. You'll see that. That's the Morning Show Archive for yesterday. So um, be sure to sign up for that. That goes out late afternoon, early evening, Eastern Time. And, of course, our store is still available. I don't know. Look, if you're getting gifts and stuff, I don't know anything about times and stuff. Uh, <laughs> things seem to be taking at least a day longer than whatever they're showing you in your in your little things on uh, online when they say something's supposed to arrive. So uh, I can't guarantee anything, but our store is still available. And, um, of course, Bradley's book, Soldier of the Cross, uh, is up. And then we also have the bundle with the T-shirt and the dog tags that you guys can check out there. Uh, you can go there by way of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Just click on the store icon or the, the menu at the top. 
Um, or you can get there by going to the Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the the Sons of Liberty dot squarespace dot com. The Sons of yeah, the Sons of Liberty dot squarespace dot com, and that's where you can um, you'll be able to find uh, what you need to uh, to do there. Um, yes, I am. I I, I am weak. Uh, that that is the problem I think with my voice too. By the way, uh, I'm just. I'm weak. Yesterday was the first. Well, that's that's not really true. On Monday, I did have two tangerines and an apple. Okay, but other than that, up until what's today? Up until Tuesday night, I really didn't have anything to eat, and I didn't have anything to eat on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. I had chicken stock. That's what I had, uh, just because my stomach was just it was a mess. Anyway. Um, the point is, is that yesterday, I finally had food. It was just a bowl of soup, a vegetable soup, um, but I had a, a bowl of that, and it was, it was wonderful to be able to eat um, something that was solid. And I mean, I know a lot of soup is obviously not solid, um, but still, it was, it was nice to eat something that was actually a solid food uh, for a change rather than just drinking something. And um, <clears throat> I'm having a little problem moving some, some tabs around here. But that, that's, that's why I am. And I had um, uh, somebody write me. Um, um, yeah, Tom, it didn't have anything about traveling with Michigan. This happened a week after I was there. And this is a urinary tract infection. Um, so, yeah, it's not the same thing. But anyway, not, not really the same thing. But I had somebody write me today saying that some people uh, on other things, I, I wanted to say they said Peggy Hall, and I don't know the person over at Bards FM. I, I've never been there. I've seen some of the ads and posts and things like that. But um, all this other stuff uh, done the way it's done. Anyway, they're, they're saying that, they have weakened voices. Well, I, I know the issue with Bradley. Bradley had it immediately coming off, you know, going into the hotel up there in Michigan and things. And so I know what that, we're pretty clear on what that one is. This one right here is kind of a mystery uh, because, again, I, I'm i back in town. I'm, I'm here for a week. Uh, urinary tract infection. So I'm pretty sure it was something that happened here, uh, whatever I did here. And I don't, I didn't do that much, so I don't, I don't know. Um, what's going on there? But in any case, I, I did listen. I listened because Rumble just starts playing the show when I went over there to fix the content and everything like that. Uh, I listened myself. I was like, "Oh man, you should have just kept it off for another day." Um, but I wanted to get back to doing what I was doing as much as I can. And afterwards, I took a two-hour nap. Um, I'm probably going to need that today. In fact, I went. Uh, just real quickly, and then we'll get on with things, because I know not everybody's interested in hearing about my my spiel here. But uh, I went to take my uh, or to pick up my son yesterday, and um, I picked up a little apple juice. Right, I was looking, make sure you don't have added sugar, all this stuff. And um, man, I took one swallow of that, and I could feel it right down in my kidneys. Um, and so I'm like, yep, we ain't drinking that no more. Got home, I had to take, do a couple more of these D-Manos and the uh, cranberry supplements and stuff. So, 
that's a good thing. Um, I learned something in the midst of it, but I, I don't think all of them are related. I, I think sometimes, you know, maybe they are, I don't know, but I think sometimes it's just, look, we we're in different situations and things happen and that's, that's what happens. So anyway, but I hope by ne- the first of next week, uh, we'll be good. It may hopefully by this weekend, but, uh, I feel a little more strength, even though I am weak. So the good thing is that if you benefit anything from this show, then in my weakness, he's made strong. And yes, I, I confess I'm a little uh, emotional. Some of that comes from weakness. Um, and some of it comes from just some of the things that I was sharing with you yesterday. So if I, if that happens, you know, I, I think it's a combination of those things that are, that are taking place in my body right now. So, um, I appreciate your prayers, your well wishes, and all of the notes and, and texts and emails and things that you guys sent. Um, I, I'm really overwhelmed. I, I really am. I don't get a lot of stuff like that. And so thank you uh, for those, those well wishes. I, I appreciate it very much. Um, I told you that during my time <coughs> being sick, I was listening to the audio uh, Bible that I have because I just I can't sit there and and hold open a book much less hold my eyes eyes open most of the time. Um, and during that I was listening to Deuteronomy and also to Joshua, and I just began to think about you know we read a little bit from Joshua uh, a couple of weeks back regarding Achan, and that story came up again. I began to ponder you know everything that's going on there. All of the blessings of God to the people. He he had delivered them from their oppressors, from their masters in Egypt. He had cared for them in the wilderness. Uh, He had let those who were without faith die in the wilderness. They didn't believe him. So he says, they're not going to enter my rest. And even Moses got frustrated with the people and he did something God told him not to do. Ooh, that, that... This one ought to stick with us. This ought to be in our minds. He did something out of frustration over the people's unbelief that God told him, or that God didn't tell him to do. And for that, he was forbidden from going into the land that God had promised. And so that mantle, that torch, that... Baton was passed on to Joshua, and Joshua was to lead the people. And you remember, Joshua and Caleb were the two spies that went into the land there in Jericho to spy it out, uh, into the land of Canaan. And they they checked it out, and they were like, yep, the Lord's word is true. It's good land. It's plentiful. We can take it. And they brought back evidence of how Bountiful the land was. And the other guys, the other ten spies, what did they do? Well, yeah, it's bountiful and plentiful and all, but there's giants there. There's giants in the land. We can't take them. They're they're too big for us. Joshua and Caleb are like, look, you know, I I don't know why, and I'm not trying, this is not to be blasphemous. I'm I'm not trying to do that. But they're looking and they're they're like, there was a film a long time. How it's I don't know how long it's been out. Whatever. Anyway, Avengers. 
And the guy, you know, is touting all the stuff he's got, and he says, we have a Hulk. Well, these guys went, and they said, we've got the Lord on our side. I mean, we've got the king of the world on our side, the one who spoke the world into existence, who can speak and take it out if that's what he wants to do. What are you fearful of? These guys are a piece of cake in our hand. And the people wouldn't believe it. They'd believe the bad report over the good report. And this is what's interesting to me. I see it today. I see it among people who profess Christ. What they have is a bad... All they can think of is the bad report. Oh, we're just going to get run over. Oh, we're just this. Oh, we're just that. Oh, we got that. Oh, they're doing this to us. Oh, they're planning on doing it. And that's all they think about. There is never a word that comes out of their mouth that says, you know what? God is my Father, and these people are messing with me. And Father, see what they do. Behold what they're doing. Look upon it. Isn't this how the, the writers of the Old and New Testament used to write? Yeah. See what they're doing. And they have nothing to offer but the bad report. We can't do it. We can't do anything. We, they're just too many of them. They've just got too many things in. Listen, friend, that is just like the ten spies that went into the land. Just like them. Do you hear that from me or Bradley? You're the exact opposite of that. We can, but it's going to take effort on our part. We can solve the issue, but it's going to take effort on our part. And that's what we need to get through our heads. Uh, the Lord has promised good to us if we obey, right? We've recognized we're in a situation where we haven't been obeying. And now people are starting to obey. And as they obey and they see little victories here and there, uh, the, 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 the naysayers, the guys who say we can't do it, they just keep going after them. Keep trying to cut them down. Well, you, you know, that's just not going to work everywhere. It's not going to last long. Boy, is that a message of unbelief? Wow. Wow. No, no, no. When you push back against the sinful actions of our government and of those around you, and you call it out, you are gaining ground. You are gaining ground. You really are. I want to take you back over into Joshua. Read a couple of things here, and then I want to take you and just remind you of you know, how people's sins are found out. They think they're going to hide them. I, I guess all of us at some point in our life, we think we're going to hide our sin. You know, we're told not to get in a cookie jar when we're little. We go get a cookie. And we go get another one. And because it was so easy the first couple of times, we are in there and pretty soon there ain't nothing but crumbs in the bottom. And mom and dad come in the house and they go, who ate all the cookies? Uh, I, I didn't eat all the cookies. And you're the, only, you're the only kid. If you're like me, you were the only kid when you were little. Like you can point to a brother or sister or something. Uh, I don't know. And they know you ate them. And you know that they know you ate them. But you still seek right in their face to say it wasn't me. And there's so many, so many of these kinds of things that go on. So 
what I want to do is I want to read these two portions of chapters here from Joshua, and I want you to see what goes on here. Now, I got to tell you, as I, I as I think as I think about this, at least when we come to the story of Achan, we see that Achan once he's found out, he's willing to confess his sin, despite the fact it's not just going to cost him; it's going to cost all of his family. So, um, keep this in mind. This is Joshua, chapter six, and here's what it says. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when thou makest a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. The wall of the city shall fall flat down, or fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests, and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumps of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, encompass the city. And let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew blew with the trumpets. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets and the reward came after the ark. The priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then shall ye shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once, and then came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The reason I'm reading all this leading up is because there's going to be explicit instruction, a command from God, about what to do and what not to do. Okay? Um, and then other things that are that are going on here as God gives them victory. All right, and then the sort of betrayal, well, it is a betrayal of the God who gave them victory that, that comes after that. So, the seven priests bearing seven trumpets, excuse me, yeah, seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went before them. But the re-reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going up and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose up early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord God hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, 
she and all that are with her in her house, because she hid the messengers that were sent with that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing. Okay? So they have they have a charge here. Once they, you know, take over the city, or once the the walls fall in, they are to slaughter everything. That's what they're commanded to do. They're you know, anything living. Even among the animals, which begs the question of why kill all the animals? Unless, you know, I hate to go there, but unless there is a plethora of bestiality that was going on there. Because the Bible does tell us in the law that the animal is to be killed too when a man or a woman engages in that. So that's that's my understanding of it. And, and they were to kill the little ones too. I mean, this this whole society had become so corrupt and reprobate that God just said, you know, like in the flood, I'm just going to have to wipe them out. And he used the hand of man in doing it. Now, could he have done it himself? Yeah, he could have just... But it's evident that the walls come tumbling down did not was not just uh, the people. It was something God did. And ye in, in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When you take off the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble in it. So he warns them, don't take something from here. Okay? Don't take anything from Jericho. I don't care how shiny it is. I don't care how pretty it is. I don't care how much money you can get on eBay for it or whatever the case may be. I don't want you taking anything. And he says this, But all the silver and gold and vessels and brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord... Unto Yahweh, they shall come into the treasure of the Lord, Yahweh. That they are going to take things, but they're coming into the treasury of the Lord, not to the individuals. Okay? So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass, with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and bring out thence the woman, and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even to this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Now listen. And Joshua adjourned them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof, and his firstborn and his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. So what happened? God delivered the city into into their hands just as he promised, right? Because they obeyed him. They didn't go outside and, you know, get some guy come in and says, we need interpretive dance here too, Joshua. Don't you know we need that? We need to offer some, some incense on the corners of the buildings. And we need to, you know, I don't know, parade around with a censer and a staff and things. 
Now they obeyed what the Lord said, and what happened? He gave them the victory. Hmm. He gave them the victory. But following the victory, something happened in the midst of that. There was a guy who robbed God. And you'll see what he robbed him of, because what was to go into the, uh, to the Lord's treasury? Gold and silver and all the bronze and iron work, right? That was what was to go in there. So we come to chapter 7. Listen to what it says. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. I, I want you to notice what it says. Pay attention to this. The children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. Keep that in mind. What are you getting at, Tim? Because he's going to list one guy. But he acknowledges it's the children of Israel. It's the church, if you will, at the time. If you don't believe there's a church in the Old Testament, you need to read Acts chapter 7. Stephen lays it out. The church committed a trespass in the accursed thing. How can that be, Tim, when it's just it's one guy? Because we are a body. We are a body. If anybody understands you got one part going kind of foul, the whole thing feels bad. You know what Paul says in 1 Corinthians? Feel it hurt? Doesn't the whole body hurt? Yeah. They feel it. When the kidneys are acting up, yeah, I feel it all throughout my body. It isn't just my kidney acting up. It's affecting all of me. It affects my ability to sleep. It affects my stomach. It affects my bladder. It affects all kinds of stuff. This is what the Lord said. He said, The children of Israel committed a trespass, for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to belabor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote them, about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even into Sherebim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth and upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan? to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us round, and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, 
Wherefore thou liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except you destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take come uh, shall come man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. So Joshua rose up early in the morning, and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zerites, and he brought the family of the Zerites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. Remember, I mean, what is the idea here that's going on? This is the family of Judah. You know, the one that the lion of the tribe of Judah is to come from? This, this is that. You want to talk about violating the third commandment all over the place. And he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. And hear what happens. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. Boy, he's, I gotta, I gotta give it to him. At least he's, he knows he's been caught. And he's at least willing to confess his sin. This is quite different than many people I know today. When I saw among the spoils of a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them. Hmm. You know, coveting is usually the first sin that we engage in before we violate any of the other laws. When, when you read the, even the biblical account in Genesis of the fall, you see that Satan seduced Eve and her eyes saw that the fruit that was there was going to be good, it was going to make her wise, all this. She had a desire for it. She had a, She coveted it. She lusted after it. And isn't that what James says? I mean, look, let's be, let's be honest here. We don't need the devil or demons to commit vile sins. We don't. We're just per you, you just let God just lets us go and boy we'll commit some stuff that we wouldn't even think we would ever do. He restrains us. He restrains us from being as wicked as we could be. So here's Achan. 
He says, yep, I took a garment. I took some silver, which he wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to take the garment either. But the silver was supposed to go to the Lord. Gold was supposed to go to the Lord in his treasury. And what does he say he did with them? Behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers. They ran into the tent. And behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all the Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said... Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. <clears throat> the Lord shall trouble thee this day. I, I, I can't stress how much that when we sin, it is not so much an effect on us as it is on everybody around us. This is why I said, when you, when you go to the first part of the chapter here, what does it say? The children of Israel standing against the Lord. Why? Because He sees us as one. He sees us as one. But He will deal with us individually. No question about that. He's doing that right here. Achan troubled the children of Israel, and now God, the children of Israel are going to be used by God to trouble him. And not just him, but his family. So, all Israel, it says, bring it back down here. I mean, they brought everything. Look at what they brought. Um, they took Achan, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his asses, his sheep, his tent, all that he had. They brought them out there. He's going to lose it all over a little coveting. Mm -mm -mm. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger Wherefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Now, if you live in my neck of the woods, uh, we have a lot of um, uh, war for independence and Civil War history. Just, I mean, I live right in the midst of it. I really do. You can, you know, basically there's a stone's throw over here to Kings Mountain Battleground. Um, the place where they filmed the Patriot, uh, Bratton Brattonville, I think is what, what the name of it is, is about 40 minutes from me. And we've got Cowpens, which is about 25 minutes. And, of course, I think, I think Charlotte was, uh, was a, a battle area too, but I don't, they don't have any kind of uh, you know, parks and stuff where you go there and see things. But if you go down to the Kings Mountain Battleground, one of the things that you'll notice, it was a highlight when I was a kid, was the grave of General Ferguson. Um, the British commander there in the battle at Kings Mountain. And the way you know it's his grave is it's a big pile of rocks. 
Now, the Bible tells us that we set up memorials with rocks, not, you know, carved out stone and making it look lovely. You know, it's, there's a setting there that reminds us of something. And I think the people of the South understood something, that when Ferguson died and they left him there where he is, and people still today go and throw, there's this big pile of rocks, you just throw rocks on it. It's a view of that this guy's accursed, he was attacking the people. Well, the same thing's true here. They raised up a bed of rocks over Achan because he had taken of the accursed thing, which made him accursed, and it brought a curse on the camp. But do you see what happened when the people dealt with the evil in their midst? Let's read it again here. When the people did what they were supposed to do, verse 25... All Israel stoned them with stones and burned them with fire, and they had stoned them, and after they had stoned them with stones, verse 26 says, and they raised up over him a heap of stones unto this day, so the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Do you see that? Now, for people who still don't get it, who listen to Bradley in the afternoon, this is what Bradley's talking about. When he says, we're the responsible party, in our government, we don't have a king except Jesus. That's it. And we're his ambassadors here. We're supposed to be running the show here in the United States. That's how, that's how our, those who came before us had established things. And the problem is we haven't, lear we haven't learned in this late day to govern ourselves. And I'm talking about individually. Many of us who name the name of Christ are still taking the accursed things, aren't we? We're still partaking in the accursed things. And let me tell you what's happening. God's looking at it the same way. He, he doesn't change. He's immutable. And that sin that you're engaged in is affecting the body. Whatever it is, drunkenness, Gluttony, lying, stealing, cheating, you know, gosh, I could, I could probably sit here and think about pornography. Yeah, that seems to be a big one among a lot of men today. Oh, whatever your sin is, maybe it's pride. Maybe it's a lust after riches or another man's wife or whatever the case may be. You're, you're holding on to that accursed thing is affecting not just you. It's affecting the body. It's affecting the body. And you need to repent. You need to repent. See, for Achan, he found out the hard way what Numbers tells us. You have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. Numbers 32, 23. Your sin will find you out. I mean, there's just no way around it. There's no way around it. This is why it's so important. When we're talking about these political issues. They're really not political issues. They're, they're law issues. 
They've, they've always been law issues. I mean, look, I, I was pulling up some things and, and just reading on some things, but I'm going to give you an example here from the Scripture. Have you guys ever heard of Ahijah out of 1 Kings 11 and 12? You know, all throughout, if you look at the Old Testament, it's no different than what we're experiencing today. There's both a spiritual message and a political message, if you, if you want to call that. It works in the... In the well, I use the term politics. That's really not a good term to use. I'm going to have to come up with something better. It's in the area of the uh, enforcement of the law. We know that the kings of Israel were to take and to write down a copy of the law for themselves. They were to keep it with them, always. And that was a way we knew they knew what the law said. Whether they took it in mind or whatever, they at least wrote it and they had a copy. And we know by them writing it, they knew what the law said and they knew what they were supposed to enforce. And oftentimes they wouldn't enforce it and, the, and they would live lawlessly and they would lead the people to live lawlessly. And there would be judgment that would come. But there would also be a prophet of God who would come. And the prophet of God would point his finger at the people and he would point his finger at the king. And he would tell them where they had sinned, where they had violated law, and he would call them to repentance. And so, that's what happens in 1 Kings 11. Hajah confirms what God has said. Solomon dies. And his sons, the kingdom gets split in two. Got a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom there in Israel. And I want you to hear what happens in the very uh, next chapter, which is chapter 12, 1 Kings chapter 12. I'm just going to read this, and I want you to see that what we're saying at the Sons of Liberty about us as the people, we're, we're the solution in the matter to uphold the law, to push it back on the lawless, not the left, not the right, on the lawless. This is what it means for the people to be the law. So we go to First Kings chapter 12. And Rehoboam went to Shechem, and for all Israel were to come to Shechem to make him king. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Naboth, who was yet in Egypt, heard of it, for he was fled from the presence of King Solomon, and Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt. Let me get a drink of water here, excuse me. That they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the congregation of Israel came and spake unto Rehoboam, saying, Thy father make our yoke grievous. Now therefore make thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke, which he put upon us lighter, and we will serve thee. And he said unto them, Depart yet for three days, then come again to me. And the people departed. And King Rehoboam consulted with the old man that stood before Solomon his father, while he yet lived, and said, How do ye advise that I may answer this people? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant of this people this day, and will serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. Isn't that the thing? That was, that was wise counsel. Again, 
you get more bees with honey or vinegar. Sometimes vinegar is necessary. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes people need to be vinegarized. Okay, they 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 need to have the gall thrown at them. But these people were coming humbly and asking, right? So, Rehoboam didn't listen to the wisdom of the older men. Instead, he gave his ear to the younger, more immature, unwise young men. So he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him, and consulted with the young men that they were grown up with him, and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which, which thy father did put upon us lighter? And the young men that were grown up with him, spoiled little brats, no doubt, uh, spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thou shalt say unto them, My little fingers shall be thicker than my father's loins. And now, whereas my father did lay you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father hath chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king had appointed, saying, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people roughly, and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him, and spake to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. Wherefore the king hearkened not unto the people, for the cause was from the Lord, that he might perform his saying, which the Lord spake to Ahijah, the Shilonite, unto Jeroboam, the son of Naboth. So when all Israel saw that the king hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? Neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to thine own house, David. So Israel departed into their tents. But as for the children of Israel, which dwelt in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. And King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was over the tribute, and all Israel stoned him with stones, that he died. Therefore King Rehoboam made speed to get him up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. Hmm. It's really interesting, isn't it? Ahijah had spoken here. Each of these prophets... When you see these guys come out, and you, it's like they come out of nowhere. God just raises up a man, sends him in the midst, and he speaks to them. And he says, you better get this right. You better turn this around. You better repent. There's Rehoboam doing his thing. He thinks, you know, God's not watching. Or I, I don't know what he's thinking. What a cruel man to treat his people like that. He had the law of God, too, by the way. He knew what the law of God was, but he didn't follow it. And they were called to repent. Did they do it? Nope. Well, listen to those young little Ivy League, you know, brats that have had everything done for them. We'll listen to those guys over humble men and over the Word of God. Where was the king supposed to be doing all this to his people in the law of God? Where? No. But the people suffered 
because they wouldn't hold him to the covenant. You got that? The people suffered because they wouldn't hold him to the covenant. They weren't holding to the covenant by not holding the king to the covenant. Does that sound familiar to you, like in a modern-day sense? Hmm. See, in this country, we don't have leaders. I know people keep saying that. I, I, I don't know what, that, what that's about. We don't have leaders. We have servants. They've usurped their authority and tried to make themselves leaders and kings and popes and whatever else they want to make themselves. But we don't have that in this country. That's not how we're, we're laid out. And everybody wants somebody to deliver them, don't they? They want a man to deliver them. Yeah, I... It was a great interview yesterday with uh, Richard Mack, but, you know, he said, oh, if we could just get everybody together, we could fix this the ballot box. I'm not so sure that we're going to fix it at the ballot box like that. Not sure that you're going to do that. This is something where we're at a place where you can't trust anybody. You can't trust anybody to put them in an elected office. You really can't. But the people wouldn't do their duty before God and bring Rehoboam to answer and to account for his sins against them. They wouldn't do it. And you can go all down through the, the prophets, and where you see that, the prophet is risen up, and he calls out the sins of the people and of the kings. Every time there's a wicked king that pops up, there's a prophet that comes up to confront him. Even a godly one like David, he had his prophet too, confronted his sin. God doesn't leave himself without witness. He always comes and he always points the finger and he puts it on you. And listen, friends, you can laugh at it if you want to. My former pastor said one time, he says, you know, I had friends that said, how do you know the Bible's true? He said, I read it. And when I did what it said not to do, I was cursed. I, I, I experienced the curses it says I would experience. And when I did what it said to do, I experienced the blessings from that. Now, I think there's more to knowing whether the Bible is true than that, but I think that's a good start. Is God's Word true? Yes, it is. It is truth. Jesus said He's the way, the truth, and life. I hear people today talking about being truth seekers. Right? You, you hear a lot of that? Many of them aren't seeking after the truth, the embodiment of truth, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? They know better, but they don't do it. They're like Rehoboam. They're like Achan. They follow their own lusts. But be sure, your sins are going to find you out. Be sure they're going to find you out. What's a remedy, Tim? Well, the Bible tells us. Repent. Stop doing what you're doing. 
Turn away from it. Put it away from you. Submit yourself to the king. Serve him. Obey him. Instead of the desires of your flesh. Do that and you'll have reward. You'll have blessing. You'll see the Lord at work in the midst of that obedience and that repentance. Or you're going to see the Lord at work in the midst of your disobedience. And listen, friends, it ain't just going to happen to you. It will happen to those around us. Can't stress enough what we read there with Achan. They took his family down. They took his kids and his animals, everything. Destroyed it all. In his line right there. No more Achan, no more of the line of Achan right there. And we see it in other places. God says, if you forget me, I will for oh, this is what I want to tell you what I this one sends shivers down my spine. I will forget your children. Those are some sobering words. It's not that it's just I have to account for my sin. But I may bring judgment on my children or my wife or my friends or the community at large here where I live or the church that is here. It's serious stuff. And if you want to see why we're in the situation we're in, it's because we've touched the accursed thing that the Lord said not to do. And we just kind of wave it off. Oh, God's grace is sufficient. If we wave off God's grace like that, it makes me question whether or not we know God's grace. Because the one thing that grace does is it begins to turn us from our sin. It pushes us away from it. And it pushes us towards Christ. The one who gave himself for sinners. Boy, if you guys haven't got a chance to read Bradley's article from yesterday, I highly recommend it. He kind of stole my thunder. This was going to be my... Some of it is, was going to be the message I have for Tuesday, but this is, the, this is it. Everybody loves to celebrate Christmas, the birth of Christ, yet what did the disciples commemorate? There's some, there's some excellent stuff in there that I was going to bring up, so kind of stole my thunder, but go read it. It's a really good read. And you'll understand what I'm talking about. People love to celebrate all the good times, but they don't want the cross. They don't want the cross of Christ. Bradley, be with you at 3. We'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m. Adios.